1: Hello, everybody. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal Constitution, here with the 187th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this episode the. How tight in Hayden Hurst improves the offense. We'll shorten it up at some point, but yeah, that's what the that's what we're going to start off with. Hayden Hurst fitting into the Air Coriel attack of offensive coordinator Dirk Cutter. Uh, you know that's where we're at. They're not running any uh, outside zone and uh, West Coast stuff. They all got mixed in principles, but uh, we got the Air Coriel rolling with Hayden Hurst in the Kellen Winslow slot. So we're also going to look at the playoffs. They expanded the playoffs here today and the owners meeting. We would have been down there in Florida for that for you all. Uh, so we'll talk about the playoffs, then we're talk about we going to talk about what Coach Dan would have been discussing. He would have been available to us today, so I'll run down that list of questions we have for him. Uh, I know the teams have been uh, urged by the league office to replace that media availability, and uh, I understand Falcons are working on that for us, so we can get Coach Dan here for um for you all here is about this time of the year when you hear from them, from the owners' meeting, and uh, we we want to keep stuff as normal as possible, but I understand, uh, you know, that the teams are working on that. So we would have been talking to Coach Dan today, and I'll talk about what uh, we'll discuss. Start using that word, talk about. It's bad form for you young journalists out there. No talk about questions. No t- we're discussing things and talking about matters of sport. So don't use that. So we got Hurts, playoffs, Coach Dan, we got uh, Justin McCray, and Kari Lee, the tight end. We got some stuff on those two, and then we got a we got a couple of uh, binge-watching tips and updates for everybody, and everybody's locked in here during the, the coronavirus uh, situation, the shelter-in-place uh, orders around the state. They are... Cracking down across the nation on this, folks need to take it seriously. I saw a column by good friend Will Sutton out of New Orleans, admonishing the folks to, you know, it's not now, it's not the time to be second lining uh, down there. And uh, you know, they they had some issues with folks not trying to do too too much, doing too much in the current shutdown situation. We've had our issues here too. The belt lines looks awful crowded uh for there to be a shutdown in place and uh you know so let's take the order seriously and do the best we can with those. Well let's hear from uh Hayden Hurst again there was some music here our opening and in intro we got new music from uh our music composition major Deanna Landrelet better soon to be graduate of Howard University uh, that uh, opening item was a song she wrote, Nothing I Can Do, sung by Kayla Wheeler and played on the guitar there by Indigo Perisarello. So we'll close with that also. But in the meantime, let's get to Hayden. We, uh, we, we like the audio here. We, we talked to him on the phone a few days back and uh, have the audio for you here uh, from that interview. And we'll discuss it after he's done. Background here so I can ask. I have my questions written down for you. And um, we can move right along. Now, I got your interview from the Combine and
0: 18 for the background. So I don't have to ask you a lot of that. Uh, just uh, getting with the Falcons. How do you think you fit in with the uh, team so far? Oh, man, I think it's going to be a perfect fit. Knowing, uh
2: those cutters pass heavy offense, I think it's really going to suit me well. It's going to allow me to do some things that I think that I personally do well. just to stretch the field vertically and hopefully create some mismatches for the other guys. You know Julio and Calvin, and I saw they picked up McCown um, and Treadwell as well. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a
0: pretty potent offense. So I'm just excited to be a part of it. Yeah. Did you, have you looked back at uh, how he's used the tight ends? You know Tony, had Tony here of course, and then Cam Bryant, those guys in Tampa, and uh, you know no, then
2: back here again. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, me and uh, Coach Cutter talked last week, and he told me about how he used Cam Bryant. And then the things he did with Hoop last year and uh, you know, honestly it's exciting to be a tight end in that offense, you know, and how especially how Matt throws so the ball to the tight ends and utilizes them and like I said, I'm just excited to get up to Atlanta and get to work.
0: I think I'm gonna do a perfect fit. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, I didn't go back all the way to Mercedes, Lewis in Jacksonville too. That was another to the other one that's tight ends. Yeah. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Um t tell talk, talk me up through the walking on at uh, uh USC getting in touch with Spurrier Jr. and then that leading to the the football career. Yeah, it was kind of a whirlwind once I left the Pirates. you know, I, I came back here in Jacksonville and actually practiced with uh Bulls, my old high school team. Mm-hmm. And Coach um, Rogers you who know, told me throughout high school that I needed to play football and just unfortunately it took me three years. A little bit too long to uh, listen to him but he had the right idea and uh, I came back here in the spring of 2015 and started working out with them and you know of course the college coaches were coming by looking at the high school kids and I think Coach Sprayer came down and watched much when he took over and uh, moved you from receiver to tight end? How big was that for you? That was awesome. Just, you know, he had the confidence in me to see, you know, my film from the previous season and just the foresight to see, man, this kid would be quite
2: the mismatch and uh, quite the athlete if we switched into our tight end. You know, our, I guess at the time, our B position. And, you um, know, I kind of flourished under his guidance and Coach Wilber's guidance and, um, uh, you know, something to that I didn't necessarily see,
0: and uh, really helped me become the player that I am today the big thing now is how, how our guys are working out. Uh, you know, off-season program was supposed to start. To uh, I saw something where you got the gym, some weights from the high school, and they're in the your garage go for Oh,
2: yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm, going, I'm going old school. You know, I got them set up in my garage. Um, unfortunately, last week with all the coronavirus stuff going on, they closed my high school campus down, which is where I normally work out in the off-season. But uh, they allowed me to put some stuff in my truck, and I loaded up my car- and, and I've got the whole system going, you know, legs and upper, I kind of, I switch every other day, and you know, I, I still get after it, and, you know, I can't, I can't take a step back, I've made too much progress in these two and a half months that I've been working out, so, so I just keep going. Uh, uh, what about cardio, it's, um, you know, you got a
0: treadmill, or how how you get the cardio part in? I've got a treadmill in the house that I actually purchased this off season here in Jacksonville. It's about three acres, so uh-huh. like I said, I got a sled out there. I've got sprint, you know, areas where I can get sprint work in. I've got a jump machine going. Okay. Um, and like I said, it's kind of old school, but you know, for where we're at, with the whole quarantine and everything, is what I got to do, and I got to continue to get my work in. Um, all right, all right. And hey, just a little bit about on your meeting with. Um, times with Coach Steele and Coach Quinn. how that, going go and what they want to tell you about the team oh, Coach Quinn, he really, really did the, uh, the brotherhood message and uh, I think I'm going to fit that well I'm always always have been a team first guy I think Coach for, Coach have really instilled that in us in South Carolina um, so they're all excited to have me
2: and my conversation with Coach Steele has been great you know we have a uh, Communications right now too. He sent me some playbook stuff to look at as well. And uh, it's excited to continue working out and to dive in the playbook to get a more, you know, further understanding of what's going to happen when we get this offseason program going and when we get to camp. You know, I'm going to try to dive into it and understand it as much as I can. That's Well, and I think as far as the run game, everything it really helps me mature as a player. And then, of course, you know, you utilize me down the field. I was able to make some plays there at the end of the season to help us win some ball games. And I hope
0: that people can see those plays and see what I'm capable of. And, you know, I know what I'm capable of personally. I hope this offense is just going to really help me flourish, and I'm excited to be in it. Just, I'm uh, well, sorry, one, two, two things. What weight do you want to play at? I've seen everything from 245 to 260. That's what I'm going to stay at. Okay. Then lastly, your agents, uh, Hadley and Gavin, uh, how they've been uh, in the firm, been helping you through this uh, time of getting settled and so forth? Oh, man, they've been awesome.
2: You know, Hadley's headquartered up there in Atlanta. So his communications, you know, with the Falcons have been great. Um, I think his relationship with Mr. Dimitrov really helped this whole thing kind of, you know, come to fruition. Um, Gavin's awesome. I've been with him since my baseball days. And,
0: uh, what they've been able to do for me my career. Well, Hayden, I certainly appreciate your time. I know they've been uh, scouting you for a while. I know they were t- thinking about you in the draft in 18. So uh, um, as the uh, B-Writer here from the Atlanta Journal Constitution, I look forward to meeting you in person. Yes, sir, I can't wait. All right, take care. And, and now, stay know. safe. Okay.
1: Yes, sir. Right now. Bye. All right, that was my interview with Hayden Hurst. Uh, A couple takeaways. We're going to point out that he mentioned perfect fit twice, that he plans to flourish in this offense. And uh, I'm going to take his word for it. I think he is the perfect fit. They've been scouting him for a while. They wanted to draft him, but the Ravens swooped in and got him. So Hayden Hurst, the perfect fit for the offense. That's how he – improves the attack. I know it gets the cover two zones. You can shoot him up the seam, Get him behind the linebacker in front of the safety and, you know, Ryan can make that throw. That'll uh that'll that's a um that's a cover two buster. So I mean, he can get down the field and do that. I, I don't expect him to just be running crossing routes and check downs. So that's one way that he improves the, uh, the offense for the Falcons. He said he's a perfect fit. And, uh, you know, based on his um, you know skill set and so forth, that makes a uh, great deal of sense to me. So now today, the owners meeting, they voted remotely and uh, remotely, they decided to expand the playoffs from 12 to 14 teams. They'll go one through seven in the uh, NFC and AFC. The number one seed will get a bye in, in each conference, and they uh, in the wild card round. And now the wild card round will be two, three, four versus five, six, seven. So the 4-5 game would be the rub game, and then the two should um, which used to get a bye, will have to play now. They'll have to play so won't be anybody sitting starters as you gotta battle out to get that number one seed. And so the wild card games will be um, they change they um will be on that Saturday be three games on Saturday, January the 9th, and three games on Sunday, January the 10th. So the playoffs were last expanded in 1990 going from 10 to 12 teams. And so we went back um, uh, with the help of Matt Haley at the Falcons there and saw uh, to see which Falcons teams would have made it. The 2009 team at two at nine and seven would have been in and the 2015 team would have been in at 8-8. Eight and eight. They would have been the number seven seed uh, since the 90 expansion. The 9-7 team is uh, Matt Ryan's second year. The year he got hurt, missed two games. They went uh, went down to Tampa and beat the Bucks to become the first team to go back-to-back winning seasons and franchise history. Now, also, this puts in the light, too, that under you can fuss about <clears throat> Thomas Dmitroff and Matt Ryan all you want to. But uh, these two playoff years would have made it eight out of 12 trips to the playoffs. So that would have been two more shots at the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, that team, the the 9 team was better situated, I think, because uh, Ryan was coming back from injury. So they, if they had won those two games, that would have been eleven and 5 sure, playoff team there, but uh, uh, they, they would have been going in there pretty strong. The 2015 team was 8-8. That was the team that started 6-2 and then went into the funk. So, I don't know. Freeman could have got high uh, that was the year Roddy and Shanahan were going at it. Uh, you know, they would have had to fix a lot of stuff to get going in the playoffs that year. But uh, they got it going the next year. That was for sure. Went all the way to the Super Bowl with it. So the owners meetings, that's a big thing to come out of there. Uh, the um, playoffs from... 12 to 14 teams. Now, i also have the big thing to come out of the owners meeting today is something that didn't come out, which uh, we would have had the uh, mandated league rule where the coaches would have been talking to their local media. We'd have been down there to get uh, some updates from Coach Dan Quinn on all these offseason moves and uh, plans for the OTAs. And, you know, uh, this is where last year Coach – Said he was looking forward to work with Vic B. No, that was at the Combine. By the time we get to here, we kind of know that, uh, you know, we know something was up. But he usually tells us about five players who can, you know, make a big jump in the next year. And we talk about – the injury might give it an injury update, and some of the things they would have needed to know this year were, you know, Gurley, Fowler, uh, Hurst, how they're going to fit in, and so forth. You know, we're getting some of the players, but we haven't gotten anything from the coach yet. Uh, the league has asked the teams to, um, you know, try to keep this availability because the fans are used to. To getting something around this time of the year, but you know it's a different different world right now we're living in, and they are working on that. As soon as they get it squared away, we'll be there to to get you some some questions answered from the boss. I know yeah, my radio guys are getting tired of my depth chart, but uh, I try to keep it as close to uh, you know the conversations I have or have had with uh, the team, and uh, uh, you know keep it you know rank it as best I can until. We hear from Coach Dan to get a little help on the depth chart. Uh, I saw where John Frickey today on 92.9 was like, hey, are they switching to a 4-2-5? I'm like, "God, where's he been? They've been running that same depth chart for two years <laughs> where they got three sets of defensive ends and just two linebackers uh, and five cornerbacks because, you know, Coach just said, hey, just make it a nickel because we're going to play nickel. Seventy percent of the time, so we make it look like a nickel four three hybrid nickel. You can go four three with it, and it's actually twelve people listed in the in the depth chart on defense. But the guys on the radio, they got you know it's hard. It's not a lot of live stuff going on, so uh, they can get some some mileage out of the depth chart. That's good for good for them and get you guys entertained. But we need to hear from Coach Dan and get our depth chart questions answered. Our injury report. We need to know how TAC's doing uh, Keanu uh, how he's doing uh, I don't follow TAC on uh, social media I don't have the energy for that so y'all might know more of me there uh, Ricardo Allen had an uh, injury um, on, on online so did Deidre Sonat. but this would have been the time of year we'd have said, "Well, hey, who's ready for the off-season program? Who's gonna make it to mini camp? Who's gonna you just gonna wait to training camp?" Um, and, and so we don't have those updates for y'all now. I'm pretty sure Keano's—they'll just let him, you know, get ready for training camp the season. Tack they. uh You know, probably he's probably, I don't know, that shoulder. I'm not going to speculate on anybody's injuries. But we would have got some clarity from Coach Dan today. But uh, given the situation, we'll wait until the team gets him available to us. And we will have all those questions and uh, go over that with him today. Uh, With that at the time when they get that ready for everybody. Now today, uh, Justin McCray Got off the phone with him. I did some research on him. Uh, What a fabulous story. The kid graduated from UCF. Got signed by the Tennessee Titans. Practice squad for a year, didn't make it. And I, I I know a lot of guys didn't, you know, did all their practice squad eligibility and didn't make it. Jose Valdez was here from Arkansas and Wisconsin, he looked like he was going to play in the league. Uh, my cousin Robert Steeples was with the Vikings, Cowboys, Rams, he used up all his eligibilities. Now, a high school coach in St. Louis, won the state championship at the Smith. Uh, last year, National Coach of the Year, uh, USA Today, I believe. Uh, but, um, yeah, those guys like that have been around for a while. Sometimes they easy to fall off the map. And McCray fell off the map. He was working as a bailman at a uh, resort in uh, in Orlando, and then uh, uh, still working out and so forth, got into the Arena League, then asked Coach Frost could he and his brother, they're twins, uh, come work out of Central Florida uh, during the pro day for 2016 before Frost went to Nebraska, of course. So he said, sure, whatever the scouts let y'all do, y'all can do it. And so at that point, the Packers looking for linemen, they sign him. And he, uh, he quits the Arena Football League team and goes to the Packers, makes the team. Actually ends up starting in week two at right tackle. Uh, did a pretty good job up there. And when uh, Coach James Campin left to go to Cleveland, uh, McCray was traded for, and he went there also. So he owes a lot to the Packers and uh, James Campin for getting him into the league after he had been out of the league. And so now he's with the Falcons. He can play center guard. James Campin was Brett Favre's first center with the Packers, and he played for the Saints out of Tulane. Uh, and I wonder if James played for Coach Selfo. I didn't cross-check that uh, down in Tulane. But uh, he now Coach James is at the Chargers. So McCray just had a fabulous story to get here to the NFL. A lot of guys fall through the cracks. But if he doesn't have that second pro day, he doesn't make it. And we know what's happened to the Pro Days this year where the coaches have a chance to go around and see if they like a guy that can stand on the table for him at uh, the meetings during uh, the undrafted part or the drafted part. And so, you know, not being at the the Pro Days, a lot of guys are going to get, um, you know, bypassed perhaps or or teams are going to... um, have to get creative i know they've been around they've seen a lot of people but you know this cat he was he was out of school they saw him in 14 and uh come back to 17 and uh you know get him at a second pro day you know that's just uh uh really uh, a, a poignant story in this time when we don't have the pro day so justin mccray root for him central florida's dad's a uh, coach down there in Miami, they got uh, weights at the house. They're working out in the front yard, him and his brother, and then running in the backyard. So they must have got a pretty backyard, a pretty big size backyard. He said decent-sized backyard is what he said. So I would say Justin McCray, new Falcon. Maybe he's going to back up the center. Alex Mack and the guards, or he started at right tackle. He was the Browns' left tackle uh, for six starts last year. So um, he can play all five spots. And uh, you know the Falcons like versatility. And uh, if somebody's not getting a job done, you got a guy who's uh, started 17 games in the NFL ready to go. So it's going to be some competition. They just told him to come in and compete. So that, that's Justin McCray. We've got a story online about him. Check that out. Now, lastly, Ka- 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 Pep Hamilton told me how to say his name. I'm calling him Kari Lee. I think it's Kahari uh, Lee. I have to go back and listen to the tape. But Kahari Lee, the tight end from the D.C. Defenders, has a similar circuitous route to the Falcons. Looks like they're going for, uh, you know, not projects, guys they know that could play that have proven a little bit in the league uh, that they can handle a role within the team. So, Kari's Lee' role would be the second tight end. You know, replacing Luke Stocker. You know, we've had a lot of veterans roll through here at that spot. Jacob Tamme, uh, Stocker, uh, Paulson, uh, and, and Lee here is the latest. With a little bit of playmaking ability. He has some run and catch after the... Uh, ability to go get it. And Jimmy Johnson, uh our tight end, former tight end coach with the Vikings and the Jets, good friend of the program. Uh you know, he's uh he was Lee's coach with the DC Defenders, uh, native of Augusta High Augusta, played at Josie High, and he he highly recommends this kid said he's real smart. Pick everything up. Uh, good route runner. He also helped in pass protection and can block. And hey, we know pass protection is key in these parts up here. So let's wrap up here today. We did our five. Fantastic Hayden Hurst. Perfect fit in the offense. Playoffs. 015 and 09 would have made it. That'd have been 8 out of 12 of Dimitrov's teams in the playoffs. That's GM. Of course, you know, part of it's Coach Smith, part of it's Coach Quinn. Uh, Coach Dan, we want to talk to him soon. We're gonna get him. Uh, we know uh, they're they're working hard up there, remotely and so forth. So they're going through stuff too. But uh, I'm sure they're gonna squeeze in some media time for us. Uh, you know, especially since the league is asking everybody to do it. It's probably I'm just figuring we might be a week off schedule. Uh, but we're also, uh, supposedly, they're working on getting us to coach and the GM. And then we'll get the GM again two weeks before the draft per league rules. So we, um, we should be getting some coverage out there. Some content is what y'all call it now. Used to be stories. Get some content out there for you uh, from the Falcons directly uh, from Coach Dan and General Manager Thomas Dimitrov. Justin McRae, great story uh, for him. He told me that uh, as the Billsman, he once got a $100 tip because him and his brother Jordan, they had their twins, they had to take 13 bags up five flights of stairs woo! because the elevator was out. Man, I got tired just hearing that story. So um, we're going to wrap it up here. We're going to go out on some cool music, nothing I can do. Dion Alandra Ledbetter, Kyla Wheeler on vocals, and Dago Paricello on the guitar. But before we do that, all right, I got looped in. I've watched all seven episodes of Tiger King. All you cats, cool cats and kittens out there, I don't know, man. That was some wild stuff. But at the end, my takeaway is, okay, can we get the Tigers back in the wild? Everybody don't need these tigers in these farms and circuses and all that stuff. They belong in the wild. Let's get them there. I don't know if the rescue lady is really rescuing anything. Uh, man, she's got a bunch of stuff going on in her own light. My, my man Joe is in jail now. Exotic Joe. He's got some crazy stuff out there on some some, some today. All this stuff is crazy. I don't know about Jeff Lowe. I don't know what he's going to do. But, hey, I got looped into Tiger King. Now, I'm moving on to um, Ozark. And then, you know, folks that, um, this is an older one, but uh, I talked to Steve Hummer this week, and he was in on this one, too, on Narcos. I was an early adopter on that one. I was the only show I watched on uh, Netflix for a while it was Narcos. But uh, exploring different stuff. This so Ozark looks really good. I only did one episode of the first season, so I can spread that one out for a while. But we'll get, we'll get to that while we're doing some uh, draft prep. We'll be starting our draft series here in a little while, so get ready for that. In the meantime, we want you to take care of yourself. And get ready for draft coverage from the Atlanta Falcons. This is the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, 187th episode. Take care and be safe.
0: AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluesteak, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut, are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song.